0: Welcome to the Close-Knit Podcast, a podcast that showcases fiber artists around the world. You're listening to episode 30, and this week I spoke to Hanalisa Haferkamp and Verena Kors. Hanalisa and Verena are feminist knitters living in Berlin who work together on a project called Making Stories, and separately on their own solo projects as well. Lisa and Verena came up with the concept for Making Stories, an independent knitwear design publishing company, after getting together for knitting hangouts and running a yarn crawl with local knitters in Berlin. We talk about how they navigate the dynamics of working together on a project, in addition to their separate companies, and what this looks like on a day-to-day basis. The necessity of having a similar long-term and bigger vision for the project, but the beauty of having differing opinions on smaller details. Annalisa explains the turning point for her in her business in 2016 to make a decision to very openly identify as feminist and keep her core values of supporting women-owned businesses in the running of her own business. Both tell us about their routines around self-care and how they work together to keep each other accountable. Listen on for our whole chat. Thanks for tuning in. I'd like to take a moment to thank this week's episode sponsor, Made in Tasmania. Made in Tasmania is a small, family-owned, and mostly family-run business operating out of Tasmania. They work with Australia's oldest wool mill, Waverly Woolen Mills, to weave colorful bed throws from Tasmanian-sourced and processed superfine merino. I personally got a chance earlier this year to tour the factory and see how it's all made, and it's bloody cool. The wool comes in greasy bales and gets processed up at Waverly right down to the dyeing and the weaving. Made in Tasmania also works with Hobart-based not-for-profit TASTEX, who employ folks with barriers to employment, where they add finishing touches to machine-knit scarves made from merino yarn. You can find Made in Tasmania at their Bricks and Mortar in Salamanca Place, Hobart, and online at madeintasmania.com, and on Instagram as at Made in Tasmania. They ship worldwide. As a special gift to Close Knit podcast listeners, Made in Tasmania is offering 10% off your first purchase. Use the code CLOSENIT at checkout. Thanks again to Made in Tasmania for sponsoring this episode of the Close Knit Podcast. Hey, it's Ani of Close Knit, and I'm here with Hannah-Lisa and Verena Kors. Hi. Hello. Hi.
1: Thank you so much for having us. Yay, we're so excited. Thanks for being here.
0: I know, it's so cool, because I've Skyped you guys before. When you've been in your separate house, like we've three-way Skype yeah. and you've both yeah. been at separate houses, and that was really nice, but it's really nice to see you both in the same room on the same computer screen, it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. So you both are in Berlin, is that it? Yeah.
2: Yeah, we're in Verena's living room right now, which is awesome, and I want to move in, <laughs> it's beautiful, and it's always very clean and tidy.
0: Well, it looks nice
1: secretly there is cat hair but
0: <laughs> yeah of course how could that not be but there's it looks it looks really sunny is it a nice day in berlin today
1: it actually sort of is it was rather cold the last days but today
2: yeah it's it's nice yeah. spring is spring is here everything's green like it really yeah super green
0: yeah, yeah. oh that's nice yeah yeah change of seasons that's good um cool I wanted to ask you both how you met I don't know this story can I can I ask of course we met on a dating platform yeah (laughs) also known as
2: Instagram
0: yeah tinder for crafts yeah Yeah.
2: tinder for crafts yeah
1: it really is I never thought of it that way but it actually is I, I think most Berlin makers I now know personally are People I met through Instagram.
2: Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And yeah. that is really how we met. Like, I don't really remember who discovered whom.
1: Do you remember? No, me neither. Who?
2: But one of us discovered the other, and then that was at a time where I think you sort of started designing, but yeah, like you had not published anything yet. And I was like, cool, there's this other person. In Berlin, this woman who's sort of like my age and has really nice style and then it was a bit awkward it was a bit awkward because we then, we met um for the first time in person we met at midnight at our local yarn store voy in berlin yeah. and yeah, that was interesting. let's say
1: we both are rather shy in person yeah, and also I think i I was a bit late and the spot next to you was taken already and so we sat across the room and sort of waving hi and didn't really get a chance to chat but we set up a a coffee date pretty soon afterwards and Mm. I think from then things just...
2: Yeah, then you had the idea, so Verena had the idea of organizing a yarn crawl in Berlin and asked me if I wanted to help her organize it and I think that's the first project that we did together and then it snowballed into <laughs> this thing where we at times see more of each other and of our life partners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean,
1: it's, I think it's fair to say that at this point right now, we spend about half of the week together.
0: Yeah. yeah which wow. is a great thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And in person, you spend that together or you're just working on stuff over email Both. and Skype and stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, lately it's a lot of, Lots of in-person time,
2: yeah. Which is also good because I feel like it's just faster. Yeah. And there are also a lot of things that we're working on separately, and so we're just constantly on WhatsApp, WhatsApping each other, yeah. sending each other questions and messages. So yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh Honolisa, can you tell me what it is that you're you've been focusing on over the last little while?
2: Yeah, sure. So, um, over. Let's backtrack a little bit. I've been working for myself as a freelancer in one capacity or another for about one and a half years now. And over the last, let's say, six to eight months, three things have really crystallized that I'm doing. Um, One thing is what Mirena and me are doing together or co-founded together, which is Making Stories, which is an independent knitwear publishing company. Um, Then the second thing that I do is that I have a small label where I design and sew project bags for knitters and sell them on Etsy, which I love because it's making, it's very physical. I really really enjoy that. And then the third thing is that I work as a creative business coach. So I work with um, only, like at this point, really only small creative entrepreneurs, mostly women or people who identify as women, and um, I work with them on setting up their business or if they've been in business for a little while, how they can grow things. You know, there are always certain challenges, like especially, for example, if you're a super creative person, you might have a little bit of trouble with how to set up your finances or everything that has to do with how to plan your day, and I'm just there to help with that. Um, yeah. 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 And she's you. so good at it.
0: <laughs> I mean, she's we we so work. good at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Thank you. No, I just I love it. Like I love I meet so many amazing people through that. It's just yeah. it's I'm always I'm I'm so ins- I, it, it feels a bit selfish because I'm so inspired after every single coaching <laughs> call that I do. I feel like I sh- shouldn't even be charging for that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. but I think that that's
0: like this beautiful thing about the ways in which people are conducting business today presently or can't like have the opportunity to conduct business is this thing that you can you can find this thing that like makes you come alive and then you can go do that thing and it actually yeah, brings actually. value to other people as well like um like Verena was saying she's really good at it like I was looking at my the notes so <laughs> funny story the conversation that Hanlies and I had a like, probably a couple months ago now, we had, like, an accountability call and um, talked about what I wanted to be doing. And one of those things was podcast sponsorship. And um, afterwards, Hanalisa sent me, uh, like, an email with all the things that I should do and, like, the the follow-ups and stuff. And, like, I've I was at work one day and I work at a shop that has a register, like it has a a receipt printer. And I was like, oh, I'll just quickly print that out. And I accidentally printed it instead of like to the regular printer, I printed it to the receipt. But then I was like, oh, that's perfect. It's like just about the size of a piece of paper. So I just stapled it into my notebook and like wrote all the all the notes around it being like, need to do this, need to do that. And I was finally looking back at it going, she'd like written out this beautiful like, okay, this is the thing that you said to me. And then these were the tasks that came from that thing. And I was like, oh, she's such a goddess. Like this is like exactly, (laughs) it's exactly what you, because you just, sometimes you need that other voice to say, yeah, it's a good idea. Here are ways that I think you could start, like here are some tasks I think you could start doing to make it happen. And like, it's, it can be so hard to see that yourself.
2: Yeah. And I also think it's something uh, that a lot of us who are doing work in this creative space that we're in like we're working alone a lot of the time at least a lot of people that that i'm in touch with you know and it's hard we're working through so much self-doubt and so many questions in our own head and then just having someone there who's like yeah you know it's a really good idea and who's a little bit sort of the cheerleader that you need mm-hmm. at your side sometimes. I think it's just really important because life is hard and running and like running your own business is hard. So yeah.
0: yeah. 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 So Verena, how long ago did you guys get together to do making stories? When did that start?
1: Ooh, that's a tough question. Like Annalisa mentioned, the yarn crawl was the first sort of business collaboration we did. And then, I think it was um, maybe half a year ago now, I think, think like October last year, we started planning the first book. I think, yeah, Woods is going to come out in November, and I think we've been, like at at the point when it's going to come out, we've been working on it for about a bit over a year, so yeah, October, November, Mm -hmm. that's when we started working on Woods, and on... And I think it sort of started off with the idea of woods and then slowly developed into everything that we now want to work on with making stories.
2: Of... Just taking over mm. the world.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Little <laughs> side note. Can you tell me more about that?
1: Yeah. I mean, we we really, we really enjoyed everything that had to do with woods. And it became clear pretty quickly that we wanted to do more publishing stuff. And... Um, as we just announced, we are working on our second book, which is called Breeze, more of a summer edition. It's going to come out in April. And um, we're currently thinking towards including different different sorts of publications, like maybe online publications yeah. and just different. We want to publish. There's so many gorgeous yarns and patterns. And we, we want to be the people who bring them together and publish, um, publish things that Knitters and makers would want to see.
2: Yeah. I think sort of when we the first book really was was sort of an an experiment almost of think of seeing if we first of all if we would like if we liked working together, if it actually worked. Um and it was a Mm. very I I think the way that we set it up was very non committing. Like Mm -hmm. it would have it, it can stand on it on its own, you know. Uh but then I think we both very quickly realized publishing is really something that we both enjoy. Like working together with so many amazing makers and making them shine is just something that is it's it's much needed because there are not enough people doing it. Um, and it's something that I think we're we both love. Um, yeah. And so out of that, we said, well, making stories is not only. The publisher of the first book, but we're gonna make it an it we're publishing company where we'll publish our own books and then potentially other sort of books where we are not as involved as we are right now. And then maybe it's not only books, but maybe as Verena said, online publications. And then we do have. Can we talk about it? Can yeah, sure. It? <laughs> so <laughs> there are really like I think if we're if we're thinking about the future the future of it there will always be the making stories the publishing part of what we do together
1: like the own books publishing like
2: the book publishing part or or like design publishing part um but what is what at the like what became the core of making stories or of our work together is also that we have this opportunity of working or of of building a business that is really fundamentally, deeply rooted in our values and in what we believe in, and we can make a difference in the world by doing that. And when we started thinking about how can we use this, how can we use it, this sort of this thirst for showcasing amazing makers, for supporting female businesses, for supporting transparency and honesty and kindness, it became clear to us that there are a lot of other ways that we could do that, you know? Like a lot of people um can like okay. I need to be very concrete. I'm not very good at like cloaking like, it. And
1: stuff. We, we wanna do more to we wanna do more to showcase, for example, the yarns and, and yeah. the designers than just publishing them. We wanna we wanna make them available to more people. Yeah, exactly. We wanna
2: Essentially, what we're thinking about is having an online shop, a curated online shop, where you know everything that you can buy there is curated. It comes from businesses that have the same ethos, the same values that we want to promote. And you can trust us in only selecting businesses that are fair, that are transparent, that are open, that are women-friendly.
1: Sustainable. Yeah. Um, So it's it's still... I think it's the biggest project we've tackled so far. And it is, of course, uh, it's still in the works and it's probably always going to be a work in progress. Yeah. Um, but it's something we really, we really love working on. And there's going to be lots of exciting programs for everyone who would like to get involved. And yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. such a lovely, lovely thing to work on.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's inc- that's very exciting. That sounds... To me, more like a—I don't want to say like your life's work because that's a big thing to say to someone, but—but but hey, a, but a big. We're also still young. <laughs> yeah, it's true.
2: No, but it is. And yeah, you're sort of like the first person that we talked to about. Yeah, oh, you I and know. all of <laughs> your listeners. <business>. Um,
1: <laughs> I feel special. Yeah, it, oh. okay,
2: yes, and I think at least to me, it feels very. It feels like everything that I've done in my life so far has at some point or another contributed to us being here mm-hmm. and doing this mm-hmm.
1: together. Mm-hmm. It it yeah. feels and very organic yeah. to yeah. me too.
0: Yeah.
1: Also with with Woods we had the chance to yeah to basically explore if we were the only ones with this dream or if other people might be might yeah. might be interested in in what we're doing and in working towards this, this community we envision to, to strengthen. And it has been so wonderful to see that there is that there's interest and in the need for what we're doing. And yeah. I think it, we feel very lucky to be at this place right now and to be able to, to continue working on, on everything that we're doing.
0: Mm, absolutely. 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 There's such a, there's such a thirst for it and to be the person or the people who kind of like bring that all together in a really clear and succinct and special way for other people, I think is really key. Like we really need the fringe associations, the, you know, the people Mm -hmm. out there who are like doing the work to, to put, to put it all together and to, to be very kind of um, generous in their knowledge and in there, you know, it's like Lisa and I, what we were talking about last time, which is like, I think of myself as a cheerleader. Like, I just want to shout, like, <laughs> I want to shout from the rooftops about like amazing people who, who many, like m- most of the time are female identifying, which is to me even more exciting to kind of be in this really radical space of like a bunch of really cool femme makers. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's nice. Um, I wanted to ask, cause you kind of, uh, mentioned that when you first set it up, you did this thing where you kind of were like, we'll, we'll set up something that can kind of stand on its own to see how we work together. Can you both walk me through that kind of process of figuring out how you worked together and whether that was something you both were happy about? Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um go
1: ahead (laughs) (laughs) well I think oh that's such a tough question um for me there there were different reasons why we wanted woods to to be something that would be able to stand alone one of them being Mm. that we would that we wanted to sort of try what it what it would be like to to work together and of course, we, there were points when we would ask each other, like, what's the situation for you right now? Do you feel comfortable with everything? And mm. there was never anything else than a clear yes from both yeah. of us. Yeah. Um, but other than these conversations we had every now and again, I never really ever again asked myself the question whether or not this is something I want to do and I. And whether or not I want to do it with Lisa, it just felt so, it felt so natural. And I think it's, to me, it it became a question that sort of answered itself with everything we were doing. It just felt so, it just felt good. It it felt organic. It felt, it felt like something that I would want to do for a very, very long time, um, yeah true. I think the
2: more conscious deci- the decision that we made um, and that we set up was that we weren't sure if we liked working on a book.
1: Mm. Yeah.
2: Like if the publishing part would be something that we'd be interested in exploring further. Um, and I think that came, like, there were a few very intentional decisions that we made on how we set up Woods. Um, so this is why it's called Woods Making Stories. And Making Stories now has become the brand name of the network publishing company. But the title alone, Woods by Making Stories, that would have worked. Like, if it was a one-time thing, it, it would totally work alone. Yeah. Um, and then there were also, we were very careful in that we, um, although not always very successful, but careful that we always communicated it was a book mm. and not a magazine so that people didn't necessarily expect a second issue or mm-hmm. like continuing work from our side. And I think that what I do think, I, I agree with you that I think the process of us realizing that we work very well together and that we're like... That this just works and it's (laughs) gonna work for a long time. I'm very sure of that. That was very organic. But I do think in retrospect, we started off with doing this yarn crawl thing, which was super low-key. Like it was just inviting like people to join us for a day of exploring the Berlin yarn scene. And like for that, it wasn't really a lot of like we met like maybe two times and then we had this entire day, you know, and then we I think saw, okay, people liked it, and we liked each other, and it, it worked, you know, like, we're not getting on each other's nerves, and we're both <laughs> reliable, and then we did a second thing, and then we started doing the book thing, Yeah. and I think it just, like, over the course of the different projects that we did together, um, it became clear that this works, Yeah. and also, like, it's a lot of gut feeling you know if it you is have this, like i think I, I i i didn't have a single moment where i was hesitant i didn't have a mm-hmm. single feeling that was a bit like oh is this right you know yeah. i think that is if you have that yeah. that's a very good sign or like if you don't have that
1: i completely agree and i i think what also what also made it very clear to me early on was that we very soon started sharing Sharing our dreams, yeah. like our sort of.
2: She's fearless. Like this woman is <laughs> fearless. Like I want to do this and that and that and that, oh, and that's amazing yeah. because I love that.
1: Yeah, and and it it became clear that we sort of envision the same things, or yeah. not always, always exactly the same, of course, because we're still two different people. Yeah. <laughs> but we. We sort of, I think we, we see the same things in our future.
2: Yeah. And I think we're both not scared. And that's something, not scared of dreaming big. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I really, really appreciate in Marina. Is really, Aww. I've never met anyone who's as bold as she is.
0: That's good. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Aww, no, I'm <laughs> crying on the podcast. <laughs> have there were there any instances though where your your like ideas of what you might do were really divergent and you had to kind of you had to i don't know navigate that yeah <laughs> yeah
1: definitely i think um in my head at least i'd say we agree on the big picture but yeah. when it comes to details um like ah oh, this is random but selecting the designs, for example, was one of the more difficult tasks. Mm-hmm. And then selecting yarn colors. and
2: Yeah, I think it is really... But I think that is good. I think it's yeah. also what makes us good as partners because mm-hmm. we do agree on the big picture. We know where we want to go, but we both see different paths towards the same goal. And I think combining that is is, is just a really good thing. So yeah, there were definitely times during deciding which designs we were gonna take in the first book, or also graphic
1: design, um, graphic
2: design things like yes. coming up with um, with a style for the book and the brand, and like mm-hmm. now even more physical, like layout, like how is the book, how should the book look like? Yeah, mm. we do have discussions.
1: We so do, but like. always, always ones that still feel like there's never any bad blood between yeah. us or yeah, anything yeah. we we can always find an agreement yeah
0: it's true yeah and yeah.
1: at least I always feel grateful for for having different opinions yeah in a
0: team yeah yeah it's important because if you agreed on everything you might I don't know it's one of those like you might be a really niche kind of thing that like yeah oh we yeah. might both really like this but what about everybody else it's almost nice to have yeah. this other voice of like no actually I think that looks kind of clean, like too clean or that looks sloppy and we should try this or something yeah. else which is good um and I think I learned you, do... so much from you yeah sorry <laughs> yeah no 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 I just was gonna ask if you um if you actually do the design element stuff between the two of you or if you guys get somebody in to do that
2: you mean the graphic design of the book? Yeah, yeah. Oh uh, no, we have an amazing graphic designer. Yeah, like this yeah, was one okay. of the very first things that we knew we wanted to give to someone that that we trust. In addition yeah. to photography, photography is also going to be doing, and that is something. Also, we're um, so we're working with a graphic designer who's based in Berlin. Her name is Vivian Kvitka. She's amazing. Shameless plug. If you ever need yes. any design work? She's great. <laughs> Link
0: to her in show notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> Yeah. Um, and um, like, come, circling back to something that we touched upon earlier, that like, having the chance of building a business where every single decision that we made is based on the values that we have also really ties into selecting who we work with. So for yeah. us it was really, really important that we um, chose women or female identifying um, people or feminist businesses. Um, to work with us, and Vivian is really one, Vivian is kick-ass, like, mm-hmm. she's, she's a powerhouse, um, and she does all of our graphic designs, so most of the things that you you see from us um, online are, in one way or the other, influenced by her, or made by her, and she's also doing the entire layout of the book, because... I think we're, like, <laughs> we wouldn't be able to do it
0: no, we wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but it's so good that you both were able to say this is an element, these are elements of this process that are going to be better suited having somebody else doing them. Because I can imagine that that would be a tough task to kind of go, well, we have this limited budget, we have this, you know, like how how do yeah, we justify yeah. spending or and all of that. Um, You crowdfunded the book, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, the first what, one,
0: yeah. Yeah, can you talk us through? Yeah, sorry, through um, you crowdfunded woods. Can you talk us through what that process was like? A
2: lot of coffee and not enough sleep. <laughs> um, so maybe um, the <laughs> okay. The the reason that we crowdfunded um, the the first book is that it's it's like making a book requires a massive upfront investment so it requires like for in our case obviously compensation for the graphic designer and for the photographer but then also um printing costs and compensation Mm. for the designers um so that those are all the things that that we're covering with the crowdfunding um and as to the the process um what was the first thing that we did and then plan it out yeah i mean it it, it sort of happened
1: while we also would have organized things like anyway so we what we needed for the crowdfunding sort of were things that we would have to decide anyways like um what, what's going to be in the book like a, a an outlay of of the contents and that sort of happened organically at the point in time where we make where we were making like content decisions, mm. and where we decided on tutorials and articles and everything that we also included in the in the Indiegogo, like this is where we where we hosted the crowdfunding, in the crowdfunding um, description. So it it sort of happened at the same time while we were working on things that we would have been working for the books on anyways. Um, and yeah, I think we, the first things that we, we we needed to decide where we would host the crowdfunding and... Yeah, where
2: we would host the crowdfunding, um, there were a few very just quote-unquote physical decisions, like... Indiegogo versus Kickstarter and then mm-hmm. what we want to make a video mm. or not, what kind of rewards what we want to send out. And I think those were all decisions that we made um, sort of in January um, yeah. over not not a lot of days because you just, you know, there comes a time where you just need to sit down and be brave enough to make those decisions. You're going to be make. okay, we do it. Yeah. And then yeah. we filmed the crowdfunding video.
1: We filmed the video and then.
2: Well, I decided on the start date, put everything together, put in. it out
1: there. <laughs> went live, <laughs> went crazy, oh, and then...
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was so
1: scary. It, it was, but there was so much work to do, I sometimes even forgot how scary it was.
2: I think that is the thing, you know, mm. if you look at everything that we're doing and you're looking at it as a whole it seems so much and it seems so scary, but it's just step after step. It's baby step mm. after baby step. And I think also for, for the crowdfunding, if we had known beforehand what it would have meant, I'm not sure. I'm sure that we would have done it because we had to, but it would have been a lot yeah. scarier than mm-hmm. it actually was. Because if you're like, you know, once you push it live, it's out there, you know, and you can't take it back. Mm. You have to go forward. You can't go back. It's, it's just like that, mm. and, and yeah.
1: But it's also just how we work, and something I really love about working with you that we, of course, we, we, we try to be as reflective as possible, but we don't second guess no, our decisions all the time. Mm. Like we meet up, and of course, sometimes we, we'll just chat and, That's yeah, but. Key. yeah but usually (laughs) we meet up and we work and we get stuff done and we don't second guess it all the time and that's also how we approach the crowdfunding like it was scary at first but then we made a couple of decisions we saw what needed to be done and we started getting it done
2: yeah
1: and Mm. somehow forgot to be scared on, on the way
2: Although there were more moments where I was really scared.
1: Yeah, of like, course. Like
2: the first days of the crowdfunding were amazing because we had such amazing responses and so much support from the community. And then we had a massive, massive dip. Mm-hmm. And I had, I'm a numbers girl. So I always had in the back of my mind, every single day we need to be making on like at least X amount of money to be hitting the goal. And I knew we were not gonna make it. So that was really scary. But then we Yeah. Yeah. But yeah.
0: but then it just happened. Was it like a last few days kind of turnaround? No, we
2: actually were we actually worked pretty hard on that. Like we sat down when we were in that yeah. dip phase, we sat down and we <laughs> literally sat down for a day and made a list of all the people that we were gonna reach out to. You know, like the really scary mm-hmm. ones. Like the really scary ones. The ones that we didn't didn't I don't know, like yeah. designers that we've been admiring and yarn companies that we've been admiring we were like what well, there was nothing to lose you know yeah and then we just started reaching yeah. out to more people and more people and more people and told them about it and then I think that helped us gain traction again and then that sort of because we're constantly promoting it that first push or the first traction that we then gained after the dip. Um, became Momentum.
1: Yeah. It sort of yeah. forced us yeah. to think in, in other directions than, yeah. than we did at the beginning. And it was scary for a moment, but it was a good thing because then we sat down, we, we we tried to come up with a solution, and luckily in the end it worked. And, yeah. and also, mm. also another reason why we decided to crowdfund Woods is that we wanted to see how people how people react to it how people yeah. how how people how yeah how many people are going to be interested in the book how how are going to how are people going to respond then yeah we we just feel super lucky that it worked out so well in the end yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah, it's like inherent crowd or market research. Crowdfunding almost is—it sort of does. It doesn't do the cra- the market research for you. Obviously, you're doing a lot of that. But the fact that people are having to opt in, and and basically pre-order, yeah, yeah, you know, it's like that's a huge thing. And it's also, I think that's a really cool thing about crowdfunding is that it it is it is essentially a a pre-ordering model. Like I haven't really seen crowdfunding campaigns go well when there's not a clear object yeah. that comes out of it that you receive as a mm-hmm. reward that you're pre-ordering and buying for a little bit less than what you would buy it for um after like it goes live but i think that that it's just a, it's just another cool way of of making pre-orders and pre-orders are cool because then you don't you're not ending up with all this extra production that you didn't you know that you don't end up selling and then it's just dead stock and yeah, sitting there absolutely yeah mm-hmm. So it kind of fits, it kind of ticks all those boxes of being the practical and the necessary to be able to fund it to happen. Yeah. And I was wondering too, because you've both been working on this, but you both work on a lot of other things too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Chronically busy women, Um, not in a bad way, but just wondering how you kind of, how you, how you figured out how you would split your time and. I know you see each other 50% of the time. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> 12 hours I think a day. that's a
2: work in progress mm-hmm. and it's always um, changing because I think all of our projects have different phases and demand different things and different levels of energy maybe from us at different points in time. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this is just something that we constantly have to balance and maybe talk about you know like hey I'm doing this thing now, and I don't know, like I don't have that much time to spend yeah <laughs> <laughs> which we haven't really done, but um, yeah, I think it's just um it's a constant it's a constant balance, but yeah, yeah, I'm not sure that we have like a formal way of deciding
1: not really i i I I'd agree with that.
2: I, it's something that
1: I wish um, for the future to yeah. to be able to make more conscious decisions um, on, on how to balance out the time between working on making stories and working on our in, individual projects. Um, yeah, I think so. It worked out well so far, but I, I think there is room for... Yeah. Not necessarily room for improvement, but... It's something that we both um, that we both want to.
2: Well, I do think we can both get better at it, but I also think it's something that, in in general, not only relating to the projects that we're working on, but very general, it comes with experience. You know, we don't have. It's the first time that we that we make a book. Mm-hmm. Like the second time around, you know, we know a lot better um, how how much time certain things will take. And I think it also, if I look look back and, um, I think you learn the the longer you have your own business or the longer you work as a freelancer for yourself the more you learn how much time you need for certain things how much time you need for self-care how yeah. you know like mm, and yeah. it's constant constant work in progress
1: it, it's also yeah. not only the question how much time we spend on making story and how much time on our personal projects but also just like Hannah-Lisa said how much time do we spend working and how much time do we spend not working and when do we yeah. need time off and at least for me personally that's one of my biggest struggles yeah, <laughs> with being self-employed yeah. and yeah
2: <laughs> you agree <laughs> I, do I don't know I don't I'm not good at it
1: I think yeah. loving your job is one of the biggest gifts
2: yeah
1: but it comes it comes with struggles yeah. I mean, when when you love working so much that you could work all the time, but still, it's just not healthy to be working all the time. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's just something we
0: probably all need to figure out. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's so this. Okay. So this is Verena saying she works all the time. This is Hanalisa saying, agreeing that Verena works all the time, or agreeing that you also work all the time. Both. <laughs> yeah i wanted to ask actually because you recently took a little holiday did you work while you were on your holiday no well no you didn't i didn't okay no
2: um you mean patagonia right like the yeah
1: amazing
2: vacation that i feel so lucky that we were able to go but like anyways um no I didn't. I think there might have been, like, one or two WhatsApp thingies. Yeah. But, like, that was it. And I am so lucky and so, so, so thankful that you took care of everything, Marina. because that was, like, that was amazing. It's such a gift. I think, hmm. like, um, I personally think it's very, very important that you take time, like, at least a week, two weeks, if you can manage three weeks, and just not work, because, Hmm. It's just, I felt so refreshed and so relaxed and so, I don't know, I had so much more energy when I came back. And like all of that, you know, the fog in my head and hmm. the and the tired, being tired and everything, it was gone, you know? Like it was just, it was gone and I felt more like me again and that made me better at what I'm doing every day. And so I really do, I completely agree with Verena Self-care is so important, and I, uh, again, constant struggle on figuring (laughs) out how to incorporate that, because, you know, like, honestly, if you can manage, if you can afford to take, let's say, two weeks off, it's pretty easy if you once, like, if you make the decision, I'm not going to work, and you do a little, like, I did front-loading, like, I just told all of my coaching clients Mm -hmm. that I wasn't going to be there for two weeks, and, And then everything was fine, you know, like I was gone, I I didn't have to do any work. Then it's relatively easy to actually relax and focus on yourself. I find it hard to understand what self-care means for me in my day-to-day. Like Mm -hmm. I find it,
0: that's hard. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask that, yeah, because we use the term self-care quite loosely and liberally in our or at least I do like in our day-to-day sort of lingo but what that actually looks like you know is it a cup of tea is it having Verena around is it um, walking is it watching Netflix you know yeah, I guess it's I guess. obviously it looks different it looks different every day and it looks different for every person but if you were to think about your like key things what do you what are you feeling like right now they are
2: I think very, like conceptually speaking self-care for me there's a there's a best version of Hannah-Lisa and that isn't meant like it's a good or bad version. There's just a version where I feel most like me or I feel I can, I think you put that very eloquently a few months ago, I can be the best partner, the best daughter, the best friend that I can be, that I want to be, you know, and I Mm -hmm. know how that Mm. feels like and every time that I feel like I'm deviating a lot from that you know like where I feel like I'm snappy or I'm just I'm tired I'm angry I know it's time for self-care and and that can take on many different forms for me right now it's a lot of reading like I've always loved books and I recently got a library card again and I'm so excited (laughs) about that now, just
0: like,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that is just really something, um, that I really, really like, and I also rediscovered like just trying to make time for going out into nature, which is kind of hard because I love going on long, exhausting day hikes, and there are not a lot of those here mm-hmm. in Berlin. <laughs> like, there are a lot of parks, but you can't really go on like mm-hmm. a day into the mountains, yeah. not gonna work. I think those are the two
0: most important things mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. How about you,
1: Verena? Well, basically I'll have to say what she said. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I'm I've I've been trying to incorporate more little breaks into my everyday life, just very recently. Um it for me it can it can be different things. It can be um it can be a long soak in my bathtub or what I love most I think is maybe taking myself out to lunch having um doing a walk um around noon like Hannah Lisa and I recently took a long lunch break um went to grab lunch went to the library um took a couple of knitting books and yeah. just just something to just something that makes me that allows me to think of something else than work something that i really consciously um see as off time and i'm still experimenting with um with what that can be and mean for me it's it's also for me it's also always time spent with friends like scheduling a dinner with friends um something i can look forward to or a night mm-hmm. with my husband of course and yeah just just trying to be more more mindful about that right now
0: (laughs) yeah yeah I think yeah I think it's a it's a forever work in progress for everyone and there's not going to be any right answer any you know like amount of self-care that's the right thing or it's that yeah it's that forever work in progress and it's always going to change and look different and that's just kind of the nature of it I think
2: yeah can I just say one thing Mm -hmm. because this is uh, that's what I love about you and about your Instagram posts because they are a form of self-care to me. Like, every time I see a new post Aww. and I get so inspired, I'm just like,
1: mm. ah, yeah. So no, but it's true. Mm. <laughs> like,
2: Thanks. So many ways. No, it really is. Like, I think there are so many. You're so open and vulnerable, and I think that is a huge inspiration for... Me personally and I think for all of all of us. Yeah, like, me too. To to be more of that, to show more of that. That's
0: an incredible gift that you're giving to us. Thanks for saying that. It's um sometimes it's scary. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's super scary and it's really interesting posting something like that, like a post that's quite vulnerable and often the immediate response that I get from social media is like a lot of people unfollowing and just, you know, often eventually the, the response is quite warm and quite nice. And the people who fo- have been following along and want to be there keep showing up or find other people who are interested yeah. in find me and stuff. But it's like, I've had a couple of people mention that my vulnerability on the internet makes them uncomfortable and that's why they follow me. And I was like, ooh, that, I, ooh, I'm sorry. And they're sort of like, no, it's not, like, it's not a bad, it's like, I like the discomfort. And it's just interesting okay. to me because I just don't know, I guess there's just this, I have this feeling, this internal feeling that, like, there, there's just no other way for me. Like, I have no other way of being, and if you didn't get all of it, I couldn't do any of it, so here's all of it kind of thing. Yeah. But it's just sort of interesting, like seeing how different people react and relate to it. Mm-hmm. So it's, I appreciate that you both appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me feel better because <laughs> it's kind of scary sometimes. Yeah.
1: But I think you, it's something yeah. you just need to do. You need to find what it is that mm. you can't do differently, and then you yeah. need to do it, and then you are going to surround yourself with your tribe naturally.
0: Hmm. I think that that's like this really scary part about it, though. Actually, is the the acknowledgement that not everyone's going to be into it, and yeah, that for me is so is like the. I think it it's not only a feminine problem, but I think feminine folks are socialized often to be quote likable, to be in this yeah. space of likability is so valued for female people, <laughs> and. Just for me, kind of this, I think that that's something I'm working on, on learning of like, yeah, it's, I might be likable in some capacities and for some folks, but actually, if I only do work in the world that everybody likes, I'm probably not doing important enough work or I'm not really speaking my truth because my truth is actually more radical than can be like digested by every single person and they're all happy with it, You you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. But it's so hard. It's so hard. I do think it's so deeply ingrained in a lot of us women. This mm-hmm. desire to be liked
0: mm-hmm.
2: and this and it's a constant, constant struggle, I think, mm-hmm. to be aware of it and be aware of yourself and how you act or react in certain situations is motivated by that desire to be liked. Yeah, totally. And ah, uh, so
1: hard. I remember quite a few times when you okay. and Alisa told me, but you can't have anyone like you. Like you can't have everyone like you. And it's
0: true.
1: And but, you're so right.
0: But, but practice it's so what hard. you preach is hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know it's easy to say that you're not impacted by other people's opinion yeah. of you or whatever, but it's hard not to be, particularly in an era of like having people's opinions of you available mm-hmm. to you 24-7 in the form of a thing that sits in your palm. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. oh, it's so terrible sometimes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess I also wanted to just ask about how feminism has like kind of shaped your businesses, and I think, I think particularly, Hannah Lisa, like, I feel like there was a, a time where I remember that you like changed your Instagram bio to being like feminist business, like just to, like you were feminist <laughs> before, but then you identified as that. Like, can you yes. both walk me through how that's shaped and impacted your businesses?
2: my okay i grew up in a very unusual german well not super unusual german uh sort of family but um my uh, if you look at it from the outside like i have a dad i have a mom i have a little sister um but my dad actually stayed home when i was a baby which in the 80s was very very unusual (laughs) in germany um and um My parents have a very, um, a very, very equal relationship. Like super equal relationship, which has informed, I think, everything and anything that I do and how I think about the world and this desire for equality, basically, for lack of better words. Also, disclaimer, I'm, I know that I'm probably going to offend some people by, um, not using the right terminology or anything but i'm very bad at that so i'm just gonna put that out there um sure
0: yeah uh,
2: and i think subconsciously this desire for equality and this um and the feminism was always there in my businesses but there was a very very clear point last year where that all exploded like a bomb and that was the u.s election and that was the turning point for me. And I know it might sound strange to some people who are like, oh, but you're a German. Like, how, how can that impact you? But it felt like every single thing that I felt was my truth, was my world was shattered that day. And that was the very deep belief that every single person on this on this earth somewhere believes that men and women are equal. And the results of that election were like a slap in my face. that to me felt like there are 40 something percent of people in one of the biggest countries in the world that do not, for, for whom that is not their truth, who believe me to be less valuable than a man. And I can't believe this shit. Like Mm -hmm. I can't, I don't want, like I can't, I can't freaking believe it. Like I can't, like, and I got angry. Like I I'm, <laughs> I'm getting angry now. But like I got so I got yeah. so angry and I got so frustrated and I was like, I can't believe it's twenty sixteen. And you know this sort of you know this photo, you know that's everywhere with this like old lady who says, I can't believe we're still protesting this shit. Yeah, yeah. But that's how I felt. Like yeah. that's how I felt and I was like, ah, I can't believe it. And then All of this anger led to a lot of conversations with my partner, with my mother, who didn't understand my feminism at all, who was like, but like, why do you have to fight for this? Like, things are great. I was like, no, things are not great. Um, And then um, I think I just made the decision that I am building my own business and I have the right to base every single decision that I make on my feminist values. Mm-hmm. And everything like now, everything that I do, especially also the coaching work that I do is informed by this desire to help women-owned businesses. To, because I believe that this is the way that we're gonna change the world. Yeah, like. By showing up and by, ha- like, I think having your own business, being able to make your own decisions and making them in a way that you can promote the values that you believe in, that's the biggest impact that you can have.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh,
2: that's my feminism and I'm yeah. still angry and I'm so angry and I'm, ah, uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. But I'm glad you're angry. Like, we need people to be angry. <laughs> how how I a- was going, going to change? say we
1: need to be yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we need to be angry cuz we if if we are happy and content nothing is ever going to change
2: it's true but then sometimes but i think that's a personality thing i feel like um People who say, "Look, anger doesn't get you anywhere. You need to communicate. You need to try to understand." I feel like I'm maybe not the best person who, who like, I'm not able to understand some things. I don't want to understand mm. some things. I just want to fight. Mm. Like,
1: but you can you can approach everything in different ways. Yeah. I mean, you you say you're angry, and that's perfect because it makes you do the things you do. Yeah. I, I personally say I'm 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 more maybe sad or uncomfortable with how things are. Yeah. I I don't have that much anger in me, but I sometimes wish I had, but I think just everyone everyone is different and everyone has their own story and and reasons why they do what they do and I absolutely do think that anger can get you to places. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's cool too when you consider that like I kind of did that with the podcast, which is less of a business and more of a project, but kind of this idea that like, oh, wait, (laughs) I just noticed this thing about the podcast that I don't like, which is that I keep asking the same sort of people to be interviewed. And wait, I wait a minute. <laughs> this is mine. I get to decide who I talk to. I don't have to yeah. like I get to I get to choose to stop having the safe conversations to to ask about money, to talk about ethnicity, to talk about feminism. I don't have to just keep doing the safe option. I actually get to do this other thing and and actively seek out folks of different communities to be involved in the conversation and I feel like that is that is the power there. Like that is the cool thing. It's yeah. like, oh wait, this is why we run our own things. Yeah. We get to call the shots. Such a privilege. Yeah. Such a we're so lucky. Mm-hmm.
1: It, it it might sometimes mm-hmm. even feel feel small, but still it's I think there's so much there there's so many chan- chances in being able to make these decisions. And it, it's something that yeah. For us, individually and, and as making stories is so tied in with our core values that we, that we always only want to work with people who share these values yeah. and who support the kind of businesses we want to support. And
0: yeah
1: yeah, it's just it's just, like Hannah Lisa said, such a privilege to be able to, to decide whom you work with.
0: And how you, how you work with people? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I just have one more question, which is who you both think we should be following. In oh God. <laughs> <laughs> if you have any, just up your sleeve. It's okay if you don't as well. I just—it's a question I like asking because even though I am following too many people on Instagram, I always like to get more. And I've been—you know—I've been—I've been, you know, I've been, um, I've been uh, unfollowing yeah. a bit so that I can, you know, not have so much noise in my life. But adding them to my two hundred people list. Yay! <laughs> Very good. Like an Instagram cleanse. Yeah, but, like, oh, but, shit, these are people I really still want to engage with at some point and, like, want to collaborate with. But, like, don't have the mind space slash Instagram feed space to be able to, like, adequately engage with them. But to, to be able to, like, have this spreadsheet that's up on my browser at all times to be able to just, like, add people to and be, like, reason why I wanted to talk to them. It's, like, oh, because they're a badass feminist person or, like, I thought they were doing pretty work you know just like whatever is really nice anyway that's a side note
1: I just (laughs) 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 thought (laughs) um I just thought of our friend Caro um I'll send you the the Instagram handle um who does these beautiful um like she she's on surface um
2: Surface pattern design. Yeah, exactly.
1: I, I keep forgetting oh, cool. what exactly it's called, but she does these amazing like illustrations, and um, she also works at our favorite local yarn um, shop in Berlin, um, where they sell mm. like project bags with embroidery she designed, and tote bags with like prints she designed, and um, she she does all these amazing. All these yeah. amazing designs and she's a badass feminist as well yeah. and she's just an all-around mm. amazing person and True. I can't wait to see um, to see where she goes with with her work
2: yeah
0: yeah awesome. I have
2: a very different recommendation <laughs> I completely agree Carol is amazing um, I have um, there's the Instagram profile is called gather underscore here and it's the name of a shop
0: that I believe is somewhere in Boston. It's in Boston, yeah. or it it was it was in it's around Boston. It used to be in not Cambridge, but a neighboring suburb. No, but they
2: moved. Yeah. yeah, you've been there.
0: Yeah, Ooh. yeah. <laughs> I yeah. <really> found yeah. <laughs> them
2: for you, then maybe. because I can't remember how I found them, but I probably. And I just think it's such yeah. an inspiration because it's this awesome. Well, I mean, first of all. Um, I definitely want to, like, I want to go there and I want to visit. It's this, how can you best describe it? It's like, it's a store that sells all types of craft and art and, like, finished objects and supplies. I don't even, okay, I'm probably Mm -hmm. doing the worst elevator pitch for them right now. But in any case, (laughs) they're a hardcore feminist slash value-driven business. And I love their feed Mm -hmm. because it gives me inspiration on how we can take this into our own work and how like both on a level of talking about it but then also on a level of doing things you know like having mm. exhibitions or putting stuff in your store window or you know mm-hmm. things like yeah. that and I'm always super inspired and in how they managed to make very um I don't know like just amazing work and and in addition to that sh- be very conscious in deciding who, for example, who they stock. I feel like there's always a very good um, understanding of who they're working with and whose patterns, for example, they decide to sell or whose kits. And I think that's just amazing.
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah, cool. That's perfect. Those are two good ones. I'll um, link to them in the show notes. Um, I also wanted to ask how we find you both separately and together. Where do we find you on the internet? (laughs) Well, you can find us
1: on Instagram. Um, We're at underscore making stories for our shared account. Um, You can find me. I'm Verena talking. (laughs) You can find me um, on Instagram at the world club.
2: Yeah. And you can find me as Hannah on the road on Instagram, basically pretty much everywhere on YouTube as well. Yeah. Um, And,
1: from there you, you will find our websites and
2: Yeah, and so exactly. Um, speaking cool. of websites, so the Making Stories website is super simple, it's just making-stories.com. Um, mm-hmm. Books are still open for pre orders. Again, shameless plug here. Cool. Yeah, well, yeah, um,
0: yeah, yeah, We cool. still
2: have a bit of time left until we have to tell our printer how many books we're actually printing. So in case anyone's interested, pre yeah. orders are still open.
1: Also, we are going to have a couple of exciting announcements with regards to Breeze. Very soon, we, um, later today, actually, we are going to open the call for yarn submissions and then in just a couple of weeks, the call for design submissions. Um, And we are going to announce that on Instagram and on our website as well. Yep.
2: So those are the best places to find us. This I mean, might
0: not be super timely once I actually edit this, it's but, no, it's going to, <laughs> but yeah. I'm sure we'll still be able to link to it and everything, yeah. so that'll be good. <laughs>
1: yeah. And we always love hearing from people. Just reach out, get in touch yeah. with us.
0: Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Have a little virtual uh, drop spindle lesson. Yeah. <laughs> How to spindle. <laughs> Bless. Yeah. All right. Have a great day, you both. Thanks for chatting.
2: Thank you for Thank having you. us. Thank
0: you you've just listened to episode 30 of the close knit podcast if you like what you're hearing please share us with your friends and leave us a rating and a review on itunes to help us reach more people in the fiber arts community thanks so much for tuning in till next time